You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Alexa, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Friday final podcast of the week after two days off and my god did we need those two days off from uh for the july 4th holiday and just to recover from that tuesday that was the pelicans day of free agency of course i recapped it here for you guys talking about demarcus cousins what really went on behind the scenes there and if you haven't listened to that and want to know more of the story definitely give that episode a listen. I've got that good coming from both sides of this. And we're going to talk some more about that briefly in this edition of uh, Locked On Pelicans. We're also going to talk about what the Pelicans' plan is in the rest of free agency and what they're going to be looking to do. And then maybe a little bit more about the trade market. So it's going to kind of give you maybe a preview of what the rest of the Pelicans' offseason plans are going to be. So we'll dive into it. And my God, it was busy this past week, particularly after all of that stuff went down. What was it? Monday night, I guess it was not Tuesday um, when all that happened. And I've done about every single radio station down here, WWL radio, um, ESPN radio, whichever one, 100.3, been in Baton Rouge, all over the place, along with WWL TV, WDSU TV, and WLAE with Primetime Sports with Scott Alexander. So it's been a whirlwind. And I've got to tell you guys, about a lot of different things going on behind the scenes, some more with it. So we're going to dive into all of that and the free agent stuff here on Locked on Pelicans. So let's first talk about the stuff coming out from this ugly divorce between the Pelicans and DeMarcus Cousins. And the first thing that this is all about controlling the narrative and wanting your side to look better than the other side. And Boogie started to do that right after by going through Mark Spears and basically saying he had no offer, blah, blah, blah been countered a little bit once the Pelicans started getting their stuff out to the media and like look we know there's stuff coming from both sides and neither tells the the whole story and you shouldn't just believe one or the other one side's the Pelicans feeding things to people and the other is Boogie feeding things to people they're both very biased and obviously trying to make themselves look better so it's kind of up to you how you want to view and decide things and the truth in these matters just likely rarely comes out I'll tell you though because you see a lot of people wanting to uh, jump to the defense of the team and you're fans of the team so that makes a ton of sense but if anyone's just going to look at this and be like boogie's a snake and this team's this guy's telling the truth is wrong and this has to do more with anthony davis than anything else and he was kind of surprised by rondo leaving the whole team was kind of blindsided by rondo leaving and yes they're running a lot of the decisions by him and that was tweeted out by multiple people but i can tell you guys the source behind all that i'm just going to blow this up here is the head of pr told that to for the pelicans to a lot of people being like you don't think we're running every decision by anthony davis of course they're going to say that of course but here's the thing when you really look at it let's use rondo here they were going to offer him the whole mid-level exception so anthony davis in this sense going by that said yeah offer him the whole mid-level exception and he wanted the nine million dollars for the lakers to go and play there the Pelicans didn't have a chance of keeping him if it was all about the money to him, and that's kind of what it sounds like right now. So they offered the money. He just didn't want to take it. 
You can't run a decision like that by Anthony Davis to let him walk when he was just going to walk anyway, right? Think about it. If he was always going to take $9 million, the Pels couldn't offer him $9 million. It couldn't be like, hey, AD, you cool if we just don't re-sign Rondo? They wanted to re-sign Rondo. That was their first option. We all know this. And then Will Guillory said they were going to offer him the full non-tax MLE, the 8.6, 8.8, whatever the hell you want to call it. And he just left anyway. You can't run that by Anthony Davis, him leaving, because wasn't really an option for the team to run by him. Same thing for DeMarcus Cousins. They offered him the $12 million or so after the Julius Randle signing, and he just basically said, fuck you guys, goodbye. You can't run that by Anthony Davis if he just wants to leave. And as much as we think the Pelicans would like to go into the tax and pay it, and for the right team, they are willing, this isn't the right team and wasn't yet. And I was told that basically the luxury tax line was where they were going to cut things off. Yes, you can get down below the tax later in the year by dumping salary, and it only calculates on the final day of the season, but there's no guarantee you're able to do that. You can kind of get stuck. Yes, you think you can move it, and it shouldn't be hard, and you should be able to get something done, but those are all shoulds, not you are or you have. So while, yes, the team is conferring with AD and kind of letting him know the options in different directions they're going and the rationale behind it, I don't think he's completely signing off on every single move because some of these moves aren't things he can really sign off on. He can't sign off on DeMarcus Cousins just being spiteful and leaving, or the Pelicans are going to him and being like, look, we'll offer him $12 million, but he might just say, fuck you, and we'll leave. That's not exactly how they're looking at things. So just be careful when some of the stuff comes out about both sides of this is what I'm trying to tell you. And don't just be- blindly believe one or the other. The, the truth lies somewhere in the middle, and it's often hard to find that. But certainly both sides are trying to control the narrative, do some damage control now. And look, you know, I'm just telling you guys what I've heard. You can choose to believe it or not. I know it sounds like for both uh, Rondo and Cousins, AD was a little bit miffed, but then he got with the Pelicans. They've talked to him about what's going on, what they're trying to do when they, uh, he was particularly influential in bringing in Julius Randle. So all of that is still going on. I would say he's signing off on every move because, again, some of them he can't. But they're talking to him about, well, Rondo left, and this is kind of the plan now, and this is what we're going to do, and they're making him feel better. So it's not as simple as um, all of that. And look, look at the people who've said all that stuff. They're team employees or team sources um, or people who are just such fans of the team. This is what They're going to defend it. It's as simple as that. So just be careful with that. But both sides, yes. But AD is okay. He's not requested a trade or anything like that, but I don't think – it's necessarily all is perfectly well here. And it's as simple as of if AD wanted DeMarcus Cousins here, he would have stayed. And that's and then they would have like made an offer to keep him. No, because they have some financial limitations on what they're able to do with it. And also if Cousins basically just says no, there's nothing they can do. He they could unless they were gonna offer him thirty million, he likely wasn't coming back. He had more money on the table from the steam, and out of spite, spite game is strong, took half that amount, less than half that amount to go play for the Warriors. So that bridge team burned earlier on. So it's not like they could have kind of brought him back if Anthony Davis really wanted him to. I don't necessarily buy into the fact that AD, you know, didn't want to play with Cousins or anything like that. Certainly they, they've ruffled feathers and things like that in the locker room. But again, you all know it. You all saw it. You could see how close they were and everything like that. So I don't think it's as simple as that. And again, this is people spinning things to kind of make it look better or maybe a way to kind of get back at Cousins, different things like that. So I'm ready for this story to move on from that. He's gone and it hurts. And that's that. But Julius Randle's here. And again, we'll talk about him in the future because I'm very excited about that signing. But first, we're still deep in free agency. And speaking of free agency, 
It's going on every day and deals are being signed. And the best way to catch up on all of it, you guys know what I'm going to say, is listen to Locked On NBA. Of course, we broke down the Cousins deal on the Wednesday episode. We talked about the other free agent signings and if they're good, bad, what they mean for the team and how this is all playing out. John Corrales and I, who host the Wednesday edition of Locked On Pelicans. So if you just want to know and get a quick catch up around the league and what's happening, make sure you listen and subscribe to Locked On NBA. So the rest of free agency, how's that going to play out for the Pelicans? What are they looking to do? Well, they got three ways to add talent to this team right now. Two of them do involve free agency. That's what everyone always has available is vet minimum contracts. And this is something that the Pelicans had towards the end of last summer as well. Just signing guys for the minimum amount. And I think right now in free agency, that's a lot of what you're going to see this team do. And that means they're going to play it patiently and wait. They did this last year, too, and that's how they ended up with Ian Clark late on the $1.5 million contract, more or less, we're rounding up, uh, because the market just kind of froze him out. There wasn't money there, and that's a guy who should have gotten more but didn't because the cash just wasn't available. And he saw the Pelicans, saw he could have a bigger role here. So when it's a vet minimum contract to multiple teams, the one that you want to take is the one where you can play a lot and show off how good you are and then hopefully earn more money in your next contract. Maybe that'll be the case for him. Maybe not. We're going to find out still as he's a free agent. So this is what the Pelicans are hoping for. A lot of these minimum guys are just largely interchangeable. Minimum point guard A is the same thing as minimum point guard B for the most part in normal off seasons, except you're going to have another point guard out there who's better than both those guys and is just frozen out because of the market. I think that's what you're going to really see in terms of new signings that don't involve trades or anything like that. And we'll touch on that in a minute is those type of moves, minimum, minimum guys, the Tim Frazier's, maybe the James Ennis's out there, different players like that, that just need kind of a home and are very, who can play. And we've seen some of them, some of those, the two guys I just named right there, we've seen play in New Orleans. So you can get decent players like that and you will see some of these guys kind of get frozen out. A guy like Luke Baamute might get frozen out because of that too. Um, Shabazz Napier might get frozen out if you want to guard. Uh, Wayne Ellington's likely going back to the heat for more money, but you never know. Um, so that's kind of the situation for a number of these guys. And I think that's what the Pelicans are hoping and waiting on to have happen so that they can go out and try and bring some move, uh, some players in in different moves like that. So they're going to hopefully or should be taking a very patient approach right now on how to sign guys. And so I don't expect a lot of moves going on right now for this team, and they're likely just going to end up waiting. Maybe you can bring Tony Parker in on a veteran minimum deal too. That wouldn't be the worst kind of move to try and make. So that's kind of going to lead to them having a quiet rest of free agent period most likely. There are, and we're going to talk about it in just a minute here, ways that they can get more aggressive and sign guys who are free agents for a little bit more than what the veteran minimum would be. And those are guys who can fit into their um, trade exceptions where they can do a sign and trade for it. Basically, the biggest one they have is around $4 million. So anyone who's more worth more than a veteran minimum, the Pels can bring in a sign and trade, absorb into that trade exception. Now, one of the things about that is going to be is that a sign and trade hard caps you at $6 million above the luxury tax line. In this case, about $129 million. But the Pels aren't anywhere near that now that Cousins is gone. That was a concern before. It's not anymore. So hard capping themselves when they're not even going to get close to that to begin with, they're not even going to get to 123 in payroll this year anyway, doesn't matter at all to this team. So you can go ahead and do that, and it will be 
okay for them. So it's no big deal. And I think that is a very big thing for New Orleans. Now, the other way they're going to try and add talent is get aggressive on the trade market. And you can be sure shit they're going to try and do that. You know, um, it was Fletcher Mackle who reported they supposedly had talks with the Hawks about uh, trading for Dennis Schrader, who's not been good any time in his league, but is young and has flashes of potential. It's worth a gamble. And that fits in with what the Pelicans are looking to probably do on the trade market. Most likely is you take a chance on these young guys who were blue chip prospects in the NBA, haven't worked out so far, guy like Alfred Payton, and see if you can buy low on them. And then if they produce, you look great. And if not, well, they were bad to begin with. So what did anyone else expect? And that's that. One of the things that I've always said is crap contracts. You can trade those for crap contracts as long as you're bringing back crap contracts that play. Crap for crap is fine as long as you're getting the stuff that actually can be on the court. A guy like Alexia Jinsa on a shit deal isn't doing you any good and you may as well bring in someone else who's $5 million who can actually play. That's important and a big thing. So look for them maybe to make moves like that or guys that are overpaid and just don't really fit um, for what the Pelicans are, or for what their current team's trying to do. A name like Harrison Barnes with the Dallas Mavericks who's making about $24, $25 million a year could easily work for them. You know, if you package a guy like Solomon Hill, a Jensa, and more along with a first-round pick or so, that maybe is able to get that deal done. You bring in a go-to score kind of a guy who lights it up, uh, not efficiently, but he can play. And frankly, that solves that small forward spot. You lose some depth at guard, um, but then you move off the contract and at least you're kind of getting two guys that really can help you versus just having one there or, or sorry, one guy who can help you. And then you can kind of work it out and you have more roster spots to add minimum guys that can help. So sometimes it can be a good thing. Those are the type of moves this team is going to try and make. So I think that's what you're going to be looking for them. They're going to get aggressive. Another name, keep an eye on is Nick Batum. Maybe Maybe in this long shot, they try and swing a deal for Kemba Walker and Nick Batum and see if there's a way they can make that work. I'm just throwing that out of my ass right now. I haven't really thought about this because I'm not looking at the contracts to see how we could make salaries do that and like what it would take. But just those are the type of things they're looking to do. They might go after guys on bad contracts that teams don't want that they still think can help here if you put them in the right role. They're using that role and that ability to get playing time and play with Anthony Davis is a big selling point on all this to get people to buy in or come here on veteran minimum deals, different things like that. So definitely keep that in mind. Again, you saw this happen. Ian Clark got a chance to play. He did okay. You've seen him do it with other guys in years past. They want to come here because they know there's an opportunity to play, to get minutes, and maybe it helps their case future uh, in the future and down the line. But you can rest assured New Orleans is looking and considering all options right now because they need to they need to kind of try and find a way to improve this team but on opening night it is better than it would have been with DeMarcus Cousins and Rondo here because DeMarcus Cousins isn't or wouldn't be ready to play so we're going to see how it goes the rest of free agency is going to be very interesting for the Pelicans one because they can go in any number of directions so it's going to be a lot of fun to see who they can kind of pull and bring into this team to try and help make this roster more improved and to try and take a leap next season but it's going to be a lot of fun because again I really am high on Randall and I think that's a good fit next to Anthony Davis so short quick to the point podcast yes be careful about what you hear from both sides of this both sides the Pelicans and Cousins are trying to spin this and control the narrative in their favor and you don't want to take a hardline stance on either one of those because it's not quite 
how it's going. And of course, what the Pelicans are going to do in the rest of free agency and on the trade market, along with some of the names they're probably looking at already. So thank you all for listening to this week, this crazy week of podcasts. Hopefully you enjoyed the midweek July 4th, which was a little bit interesting. That needs to be on a weekend, it feels like. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all next week.